Thank you so much for the good music this morning. Good congregational singing and special music. It's been a delight. Well, as I was thinking about uh, this day today, church for probably, and um, there's going to be a day in my life, and so uh, I kind of relate to this, and it's kind of a bittersweet for everyone. And uh, so, <clears throat> but you know, as I was thinking about this, uh, talking to one of the, the ladies uh, earlier. It could be worse, you know. It could be not. It could be uh, turmoil. It's not turmoil. It's happiness. It's, and uh, there's tears of, of but there are tears of joy as well. I think this mic is going out some right here, so I'm not sure. Do I have my phone on me? No, I don't. No. No, it's not my phone. <clears throat> Uh, let's see. I should have had my phone, though. I, I, my stockbroker said he was going to call me this morning. <clears throat> wow. So, thank you, Brother Zach, for that good music. Cause I don't, okay, so if it does, if it comes in and out, if you... If you okay. ...in this message, please. Talking to the sound man, you know that they get no. Only time you know there's a sound man is like something like this happens. It's not his fault. He didn't make the. He's he's only put giving it to me. He didn't make it, and uh, so thank you, fellas. Uh, that's kind of a. It's a very needed needed job. Wow. Twenty one years. Is, that, is this the anniversary of the twenty first year? It's an easy way to remember how old your church is, okay? So just uh, you can, as we mark the calendar another year, you can mark another year for your church. It's a good way to remember that. And um, so I was thinking about this, uh, you know, a good ending, really, Brother Mark. You know, um, not everyone can have a good ending. Not everyone could have. You know, Paul, uh, he finished his course faithfully. And that's to be commended. And, uh, and to have a good beginning. This is where we're at today. You know, it's kind of beginning of a new era for everyone. And um, I would like to say that uh, I preached recently our, our high school graduation. We had, I think we had maybe five or six graduates. We have a small Christian school, about 150 kids. <clears throat> and uh, part of the <clears throat> the my message to the, the class of 2021 is, you know, as young folks, they, they're all, they always want, they want to do something with life, and that's good. You know, they have, they have some goals, and sometimes it's, you know, they want to be famous. But yet, you know, there's a lot of things you can be famous for, you know. I was introducing myself, and told the one lady, she asked me if I'd ever been in Cleveland. I said, no. well, I, once I was in jail there. <laughs> so I had, then I had to back up and explain myself that, well, I was there for a good purpose. I was in jail for a good purpose. I was uh, standing at an abortion clinic uh, uh, against abortion, and I got arrested. And uh, so 
and also in Columbus, and also in Cincinnati, and also in Dayton. So I really do have quite a record. <laughs> but if you put all my, my time in, uh, in jail, it, was all, it only amounts to maybe less than 48 hours altogether. So uh, nothing on my record. Run, you, know, you can run me out through the record. I'm, I'm all clean. <clears throat> uh, but you know, as I was thinking about uh, to be famous, you know, I, I don't know what famous is, but you know, what the Lord wants is to be as faithful. That, that's, you know, that was a great song, by the way, that you sung there. To be faithful. Well done, thou good and faithful. We don't have to be flamboyant. We don't have to be famous. We don't have to have our name in some periodical somewhere. Just be faithful. Faithful. That goes for the pew and that goes for the pulpit. Just remain faithful. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You know, I've kept in contact with uh, Brother Mark because he's kept in contact with me more than I kept contact with him, really. And since, uh, you know, the time when he's had his physical problems almost from that very beginning at least monthly and sometimes bi-monthly or more unexpectedly a text message on my phone and it will just say, I prayed for you today. I have people in my church that tell me they pray for me and I believe they do. I don't know have any other preachers that pray for me except you. I have some that remember me and pray for me periodically. Uh, Brother Mark, Pray for me on a regular basis. And uh, don't get too busy up in Cleveland to pray for us, okay? And let's pray for him. And I've always, when I receive that note, I've always said, Lord, I pray for Mark too. And uh, I appreciate that. Well, I'll open your Bibles to Acts chapter 20. And, uh, uh, you know, I hope this is what I felt in my heart that God was leading me to, um, to bring to you today. In uh, Acts chapter 20, very familiar portion of Scripture in the life of the Apostle Paul, uh, the, the chapters leading up, the couple chapters leading up to Acts chapter 20 give us information where Paul, uh, on his missionary journeys, he landed one day at uh, the town called Ephesus and... Uh, there, there was uh, there was a revival, but there was also a, a riot. You know, sometimes revivals can lead to a riot, and uh, so he left there. But uh, he had a love for those people, but he wasn't welcome. wasn't welcome back in town. You know, <clears throat> so here's where we pick it up in chapter twenty of Acts, in verse number seventeen. And it says, and from Miletius, he sent to Ephesus. Now, he was only about 30 miles, according to the map. He was about 30 miles from Ephesus. Why? He had traveled many miles to get to this place. Why not go on into, into Ephesus? Because he wasn't welcome there. He'd been run out of that town. But he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, you know, you know, there's some things they knew about Paul. They knew him because he ministered among them. 
He says, you know, from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons. He said, you've observed my life in all seasons, in good times and bad times and ups and downs, through thick and thin, you've observed me. He said, serving the Lord, verse 19, with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying and weight of the Jews, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and to the Greeks, repentance towards God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit, to Jerusalem, not knowing the things which shall befall me there, say that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. And none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. And the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And now, behold, I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel As I read those verses and tried to find something for today, I thought, this is the life of the Apostle Paul, but this really fits Brother Jacobs. I, I, you know, I don't want it to be too sad because uh, he says, I'll see your, you'll see my face no more. I don't think that's, brother, that's true. You may find Brother Jacobs... Uh, as an usher, I, I told that my church when I retired, maybe, maybe it's one reason they haven't kicked me out yet, they don't want me to be an usher. I've told them I want to be an usher. And I'm going to usher people into the service, some that don't want to come into the service. I'm going to go through the hallways and do, you know, there's many people outside these doors, I know. If your church is like my church, there's people out there somewhere who just got to find them and usher them in. I want to sing in the choir. So anyway, there's things I want to do, but you're going to see with Mark's face, he'll still be a member of this church, I understand. But verse 28, this kind of speaks to me of Brother Rice. He's Paul speaking, and he says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves. Now he's speaking to the elders, the leaders of the church at Ephesus. Take heed therefore, because I'm leaving, and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Therefore, watch. And remember that by the space of three years, I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. 
Yea, ye yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. I've showed you all things, how that so laboring you ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. When he had thus spoken, he kneeled down and prayed with them all. And they all wept sore and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him. Sorrowing most of all for the words which he spake, that they should see his face no more. And they accompanied him into the ship. Lord, I pray you bless this time together around the word of God. Let the word of God speak to our hearts, Lord, in this, uh, this glorious day, this memorial day in the life of this church. And bittersweet in many ways, but God, we know according to your will, Lord, this is a, a wonderful day for Anchor Baptist Church. Bless them, I pray in Christ's name. Amen. I want you to see, first of all, Paul's desire to serve the Lord. He says in verse uh, number 18, And when they were come to him, he said unto them, You know, from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I've been with you in all seasons, serving the Lord. Serving the Lord. He said, serving the Lord. He, he, first he said there in 18, You know what manner I've been among you. He, they knew him, they knew his life, and he, he had served in holiness among those people. But he also served in humility, serving the Lord with all humility of mind. Humility is something that is much needed in, in the lives of every believer. We find in the, in the Proverbs, you know, this, these six things that the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination to him. And the first thing it's mentioned is a proud look. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. And especially in the ministry, there's no room for pride. He said, I've kept back, he says, serving the Lord with all humility of mine and with many tears. So he served with holiness and humility. He also served with heartaches, with many tears. Man that is born of woman, the Bible says, but is of few days and full of trouble. In 21 years, there's been heartaches. There's been joys. There's been heartaches. There's trouble. That's how life is. You just got out of trouble, or you're in trouble, or you're headed for trouble. That's life. So he served with holiness and humility, and he served with heartaches. Can I say that being in the ministry now for maybe 55 years, something of that nature, some of the worst things have ever happened to me. That's most of my life. I've been in the ministry, and the worst things have ever happened to me, I can really say happened to me while I was in the ministry and being in the ministry. Some of the worst things, but some of the best things that's ever happened to me, happened to me in the ministry through the Lord's church. I choose to live my life according to the good things. I've decided not to let the, the worst things, the bad things, destroy my life and destroy what God would want from me. And so... That's with the Apostle Paul. 
He said, I've served the Lord with all humility of mine and with many tears, many temptations, he said, many heartaches that he served with. But in verse 20, he says, and now I have, I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but I've showed you and have taught you. He, he showed them. He, he was an example to them, but he was also, he, he led them. He gave them on-the-job training, and he said, I, I've showed you and taught you publicly and from house to house. So he served with holiness and humility and with heartaches. He served with honor, and he served with house calls. He made house calls. You say, well, the preacher had never been to my house. Then you thank God for it. All preachers know the last thing you want is to see the preacher's car pull up in your driveway because that brings panic in the house. Oh, you're going, you're, you're putting stuff under, you know, got to get rid of this. You know, you're looking around. The preacher's coming. Okay, settle down. Now let's act like, <laughs> let's get all spiritual. The preacher's coming. Honestly, if you've been in this church for 21 years and if you said, well, the preacher never come to my house. Don't you thank God for that? That means that maybe there was no great tragedy in your life, no great heartaches, and something He had to come and comfort you for. That's kind of a blessing, but many of you, He has been to your house. He's been there on joyous occasions. He's been there on heartaches. But Paul, he served them with house calls. From house to house, he said, I've taught you publican from house to house. One day I was at the church and there was, uh, I answered the phone that day and that was back in the days where, you know, we weren't, I didn't have a secretary to answer the phone. I was a secretary. I needed the extra money. Okay. So, so I answered the phone and, and this real low voice says, is the preacher there? And I said, I am the preacher. She says, so she began, she she said it was a she, and she was talking. And was, I thought, man, these guys are pranking me again. I have some young men in my church that love to prank me, and they would call me, and they would prank me. One, one day there was, there was a guy called me, and he said, is this the preacher? And I said, yeah, it is. He said, then my, he told me his name. He said, I've got a problem. I said, well, what's your problem? He said, I've got a toothache. I said, okay. Can you help me? I said, sure. I said, if you, if you come on down here to my office, I'll pull the tooth for you. He said, you will? I said, sure. And so he said, okay. So I hung up and I figured, yeah. See, I got over on somebody in my church trying to prank me. And so I, I, I headed on out a little bit later. I went to the hospital and I'm in the hospital about 20 minutes and get a call from my office. And the, the secretary said, preacher? He says, there's a man here to see you. I said, does he talk like this? They said, <laughs> they said he does. <laughs> I said, what does he want? He says, he's here because he's, he said you told him that, that you were going to pull his tooth. <laughs> hmm. I said, I tell you what, would you call Dr. Hens, which is our dentist? I said, would you call him and make an appointment for that guy, and I will pay for his tooth <laughs> to get pulled. <laughs> so that cost me. <laughs> uh, so... But I didn't want to get pranked. But this day, this call, I thought, this, I'm getting pranked. 
And so I said, well, who am I talking to, please? Because she asked me, she says, do you do house calls? And I said, sure. She says, well, my name is Esther Lester. And there again, I thought I was getting pranked. <laughs> she said, my name is Esther Lester. And my husband, we've been trying to find someone to come and talk with my husband who's sick. And we can't find a preacher who makes house calls. Oh. I said, okay, I'll come. So in a couple hours, I went out to this address that was given to me, still not knowing for sure if I was getting pranked or not. So I knock on the door, and a lady came to the door, and when she greeted me with the deep voice, I knew I was at the right place. She had had some physical problems with her voice and made her voice deep, and so she invited me in, and there her husband lay in the, in the living room on the couch. And he had probably five or six Bibles laying around him. And he had been searching the scriptures because he was sick, he was dying. And he couldn't find any peace about death. And he, him, you know, he couldn't find someone to come to him. And he was looking for some hope. So I was able to take one of his Bibles and King James Bible, I was able to open up that Bible and talk with Mr. Lester and led he and, and, and Esther both to the Lord that day. Aren't you glad that, that you live in, you have a church, that you have pastors, that if you need a house call, they'll come? You, know? you can be glad if they don't come, but when you have, need them, they will come. Paul served the Lord. He served in holiness, humility. He served with heartaches. He served with honor. He served by making house calls. He served without hostility. Paul had every reason to be bitter about the ministry. You look at his life and see all the heartaches, all the things that befell him in the ministry. You think after a while, you say, hey, enough is enough. No more beatings. No more shipwrecks. No more getting run out of town. No more being misunderstood. I quit. But he was serving God, and there was no quit in him. There was heartaches, there was disappointments, but there was no quit. Verse 21, he says, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. So whether he was witnessing to the Jews or the Greeks or whoever it may be, he had no hostility. There was a lot of hostility for the Jews and, and the Samaritans and, and the Gentiles. But Paul laid all those things aside. He had no bias against anyone. He didn't walk around with bitterness in his heart. God will never bless us if we have bitterness. So you say, well, they, you don't know what they did to me. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what they did to you. But the Bible says, forgive one another. You know, you know who forgiveness is for? It's for the guilty. We're real good at forgiving people who've never really done anything probably to us. This is only in our mind. We're willing to forgive them. But how about when someone really, you say, well, you know, what do you think of my dress? And they say, well, I hate it. You ladies, will you forgive them? <laughs> Oh, if you wear the same dress that somebody else wears, will you ever get over it? You know, forgiveness. 
There's no place. We've all been hurt. We've all been slandered. We've all had things. You know, just this week, a family in the church got upset, and, and so they get on Facebook. My goodness. Why would anybody launder their, put their dirty laundry out on Facebook for the world to see? But then they said, uh, well, we had a revelation. And we now we know we should leave Cornerstone because of the revelation. I should have had the revelation about two weeks before that when somebody showed, uh, come to me saying, uh, Did you, there's a post on the Facebook and, and, they, and told me what they were putting on Facebook two weeks ago. I don't act on rumors, and I don't have Facebook. I'm not a detective. I'm a, I'm a preacher. You know, <laughs> I try to stay out of that kind of stuff. Sometimes it comes, I just have to do something about it. They, they, they put it on my desk, you know, say, here, what are you going to do about this one? So then I have to do something. But, oh, I'm thinking they had a revelation of though something real awful is going on at Cornerstone Baptist Temple. The real, reality is, you know, I, I thought about this. My old preacher used to say this. He'd say, I don't know why they're mad at me. I've never done anything for them. <laughs> That's only the person that we gave $900 for some dental work that the, the man needed. We bought a car for him. They have five kids that come to our, our, our Christian school free. I don't know why they're mad at me. I guess I do. No, I know. Wow. Oh, you have a right to be mad at somebody. I mean, I know people that have lied about me, and I've known people that have misrepresented things, And but come on. I, I mean, that's... Have I ever disappointed the Lord? Has He ever forgiven me? Oh, yeah. One day I was, we were getting ready for bus visitation down in the basement getting ready and several of us there, maybe 15 or 20 folks and all of a sudden this lady broke out in tears and she said, oh preacher, preacher, preacher. She said, I've been so mad at you. Right in front of everybody. Oh, I said, Mary, I'm, I'm sorry. What, what did I do? Oh, preacher, says, I know you don't like me. You don't like my husband. You don't like my kids. I said, Mary, I love Robert. I love you, and I love your kids. She said, okay, I forgive you. <laughs> okay, thanks. Thanks, Mary. What if I would have said, you're right, Mary. You're, you, you know, you're right. I, I don't like you at all. You rub me wrong, and your husband is a brute, and your kids are totally out of line. She should, still should have forgiven me. <laughs> she never would. But when <laughs> Forgiveness is for the guilty. We need to learn that. Because we've all disappointed, and we've all sinned against God, and He's forgiven us. Who are we not to forgive someone because of something that they said against us or did against us. 
Don't walk around with bitterness. That didn't cost you anything. I don't even know how that got in the sermon, but it's there, okay? Paul served, his desire was to serve. Wow. He also had a motive to serve. In verse 22, he wanted to serve the Lord, and he wanted to serve in obedience to the Holy Spirit. Verse 22, it says, And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit into Jerusalem. Wow. Time and time again, they encouraged him not to go to Jerusalem, but he was bound in the Spirit. He said, the Spirit is leading me to Jerusalem. Paul had a desire. I mean, there was no place that Paul didn't want to go. I mean, he couldn't go every place at one time, and he would head this place and, and in this direction. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit would change his direction, and he would head another direction. Even though he was zealous to serve, he was always open to the leading of the Holy Spirit in his service. He wanted to witness into every city. He says, say that, that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. Paul could have went to every place, many places he couldn't go because it, it wasn't good for his health because they, they were after his life. He, his motive was to serve, to obey the Holy Spirit, to witness in every city, to finish the work that God has given him. In verse 24, he says, And none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. To finish with joy. Thank you, Brother Mark. And Mr. Jacobs, thank you so much. That they, even though... the. The, the sorrow you have in your heart. But there's joy. It's, it's a mixture there. And uh, you'll really be joyful next week when you say, when the, when the phone call comes to Brother Shane. <laughs> see, I have an assistant pastor now, and I, I say, you know, from the pulpit now, if you have a problem, go see Brother Webb. <laughs> Leave me out of it, you know. Okay. But... No, he's stepping down, but your heartaches will still be his heartaches. You, you can't, you know, here's who you go to. With, you go to the pastor now when he's installed. You know, Brother Jacobs will still pray for you. He'll respond as, as Brother Rice, and he will talk about that. But, you know, it's a mixed, it's a mixed emotions, but Paul... He said, I finished my ministry with joy. And then Paul, you know, the, the, at the end of his life, when he said, I fought a good fight, kept the faith, you know, finished my course. Wow. Paul's ministry was to serve the Lord. It was a gift. He says, verse 24, neither, uh, but none of these things move me, neither count my life, uh, my, my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord, Jesus. Brother Rice, it's a, the gift is a ministry. It's a gift to serve the Lord. It was a gift to surrender to be a missionary. It's a gift to come back to your church and, and to pastor the church. It, it's a gift that you're receiving, just as Brother Mark received this gift. It's a blessing. It's not a burden. It's a gift. Now, there's burdens. It's a burden. It's a big tax, folks. Stand up here where I'm looking and look around. It's a big task for a preacher. You know. 
but it's joy. It's a ministry of joy. It's a gift. It, it, the ministry to serve is a gospel preaching ministry. Verse 24, Paul said, I, want to I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Brother Mark has built this church on preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Brother Shane will continue that ministry of preaching the gospel. The gospel preaching ministry. But it's a fleeing ministry as we even denote today. It comes to an end. There's an ending place. Life has its ending place. It has a starting place. The ministry, a starting place, and, and an ending place. And, and once between it, 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 there's toils and heartaches, but there's joy. We can get tired in the work, but let's not grow tired of the work. Paul said in verse 25, he says, And now, behold, I know that you all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. Wow. That was a heartache. I'm glad that Brother Mark is not moving. I'm glad that he'll be able to see you. He'll see you in the, in the church. He'll see you in the marketplace. You, you, you can still have fellowship. and You can remember what he's done for you, and he'll remember what you've done for him as well. It was a preaching ministry and teaching ministry. We read that in these verses. He said, and now behold, I know that you all among whom I have gone preaching... And he also said up there that he taught them from house to house. Uh, there needs to be a balance from the pulpit. You know, saints will make it to heaven without a doctorate degree. It's good to teach them and go down deep and stay down long sometimes, but yet people still need to hear the simplicity of the gospel. Sometimes a preacher can get criticized. Well, why are you preaching the gospel to us? We've already been saved. It's because we want you to remember that you are saved. And we want you to remember that you need to go out and tell somebody else how to be saved. You know, not to become complacent in our salvation. His ministry was a warning ministry. He said there in verse 31, Therefore watch you remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. We started a few weeks ago, uh, we once again started a ministry to go down to the outside an abortion clinic. We still have one abortion clinic in Dayton, Ohio. It's about probably about six or seven miles from our church. That abortion clinic, it's estimated that 3,000 babies are aborted a year. 3,000 murders. You know, many years ago, I took this stand against abortion. I feel, I mean, you know, I'm no hero at all. I just feel guilty of, of done so little. It's hard to know what to do. Years ago, when I, I would go and, and sit at an abortion clinic and try to keep people from going in, you know, and, you know, it was, it, it was, it was, it was just a misdemeanor, no, no real crime, nothing, nothing on your record. But then they made it a felony. Wow. We're out there and we just stand outside the abortion clinic and, and you know hold up signs, you know, God forgives sinners, and you know pray for the 
pray for ending abortion and this type of thing. And uh, well, while we're there, there's another group that comes on a regular basis, and they got a microphone, and they're talking to ladies as they go in and out of the clinic. It's just a constant barrage of people coming in. It's, I mean, it's amazing what you see. It's it's all these fancy cars and people in designer clothes. And, But those on the microphone, sometimes they're, they're trying to talk to them, but sometimes they're, the talk, I mean, I almost want to leave because the harshness of what they're saying is not me. Paul said, I warned everyone night and day with tears. I mean, if we're going to talk about somebody who needs salvation, if we're going to talk to somebody about their dying and going to hell, let's not do it with a, a tone in our voice that we're glad or we, we're glad they're going there. Man, I don't know one person that would want to go to hell. I mean, I read in the paper and I see on the news where some person has done some awful crime and, and they've done some hideous thing, but I, I never would say, well, you know, they're getting life in prison or they're dying or they're going to hell. And I'm, I'm not glad of that. Neither is God. He's not willing that any should perish. I mean, we all deserve hell. But we receive mercy. Sometimes I wish, I told our church, I said, one day maybe we will be in charge of the microphone. And we can have more of a compassion. That's what I would want. And more of a compassionate voice. We warned everyone night and day with tears. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing. Let's not forget, our ministry is a ministry of compassion. It's a gift. Our ministry is a fleeing ministry for all of us. Whether the preacher or the pew, we don't know how much longer we have to serve God. But we know we can't until he tarry, as long as he tarries his coming. And but if he tarries his coming, we'll we'll be called by death. We have a but listen, life is not over until it's over. God, you still have you, you still have breath. There's something you can do for Christ. You know, and I know we say these things and we mean well, and we say, "Well, preacher, all I can do is pray for you." Are you kidding me? If you'll pray for me, if you'll pray for Brother Shane, if you'll pray for Brother you can't do anything better than do that. You can't do better by teaching the Sunday school class. You can't be better by, by going on visitation. I mean, you can do both, but, but the first thing you can do and should do, and, and the better thing you can do is to pray. We can't do more than, than pray until we have prayed. He had a praying ministry. It was a fleeing ministry. It was a warning ministry. And then at the end, when Paul was leaving there, which would be the last time that he would physically be in Ephesus, and verse 36 says, And when they had thus spoken, he kneeled down and prayed with them all. And they all wept sore and fell on Paul's neck kissed him, sorrowing most of all for the words which he spake, that they should see his face no more. And they accompanied him into the ship, 
And as that ship launched out, no doubt they watched that ship till it was out of sight. And in their heart, they were saying, there goes the man that told me about Jesus. There goes the man who stood beside me at the cemetery. There goes the man that married us. There goes the man that taught me the Word of God. That's your plight today. But then God has raised up another man. Another man that will be with you and lead you and guide you. Let's pray. Lord, today I pray that you would speak to our hearts. Thank you, Lord, for these folks that are here today. And just This is Memorial Day in the history of Anchor Baptist Church. This is a day that will forever be recorded in the archives of this church. And what a wonderful day, God, that the church, the future of the church is, is great because you're in control and you've, you've led the paths of Brother Mark and Brother Shane, given the, the people of this church the right heart and they've made this choice and we ask your blessings continually upon it. Oh Lord, I know that there will be trials and tribulations as there have been in the last 21 years. But oh, the joys that await Anchor Baptist Church as they continue to serve you in the days ahead. I pray you be with the folks of this church. That they'll rally behind their new pastor and God, that they'll continue forth, Lord, in one accord, striving to continue the great ministries of this church. And we'll give you the honor and glory for it all. In Christ's name, amen. Preach, I'll have an invitation here this morning for whatever you, or whatever you would want to do at this point. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, and penis being some play, perhaps God has spoken to your heart today about something. Maybe you need to trust Christ as personal Savior. Maybe there's some other need. Well, we wait just a moment. Maybe you need to pray about something. Go back to your seat. I don't know what it be. Whatever need might be. While we wait just a moment. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. Maybe they're right there in your seat. You can, we need to pray about something while we wait just a moment. Trust in Christ today as your personal Savior.
right, we'll bring our invitation to close. Thank you, Missy, in just a moment. We're going to allow the rest of the classes that are over now and the rest of the people to come to the auditorium for this. So we'll give them a couple minutes. While they're doing that, coming in and getting ready, one thing I want to mention for prayer, pray for Wayne Cecil. Many of you know Wayne is very critically ill, so pray for him and for his wife, Kathy. I failed to mention that earlier. I know they need our prayers, and so, so pray for them. Also, let me mention this, too, once again, while our classes are coming in. It was in the bulletin a couple times. I announced it, but in case you missed it, what I am planning on doing, I'm already doing, I'm going to be taking the leadership of Heritage Baptist Institute in Cleveland, Ohio. It's a ministry of Cleveland Baptist Church. It is a Bible training ministry, and it's for lay people. You might want to take a class or two. Also, for those who are called the ministry full-time, we are not moving to Cleveland. We are not joining Cleveland Baptist Church. We're going to remain a member here, and our goal is to help our pastor and the church as we can. That's our goal and our plan. So just in case you're not sure about that, or if you didn't hear it, now you heard it from the horse's mouth. So we appreciate that. Now, uh, Pastor Moore, good to see you and Judy today. Pastor Moore and I went to Bible school a couple years ago. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor, for being here. Thank you, Pastor uh, Sider, for your message. And brother, Pastor Rice has something to say. I think everybody's in here just about. All right. All right. I think everyone's in here. I believe our nursery workers are heading in here. Uh, just one second with the lights. Don't get too far ahead. Um, we, we have a special presentation, and I appreciate you fellows being on lights. Just one second. We'll get to that. Uh, we have a special presentation that I have, I've, that I did not put it together, but I, I edited it all down. And basically, it's, it's, um, some testimonies and stuff uh, for Pastor Jacobs and Mrs. Jacobs uh, over the years. And uh, I did not do a video. I'm going to give you mine live. These people could not be here to give testimony, so they sent in videos, and uh, Andrea had uh, contacted them and, and, uh, and got all these. And there's many more that could, could do this. Uh, but Pastor and Mrs. Jacobs have watched you guys. You've been my pastor. Uh, and professor in Bible college and over the years and uh, I appreciate you love you guys uh, you give me big shoes to try and fill uh, coming in behind you and and filling where um, you have been and I've watched I've watched you go through a lot of stuff and uh, I appreciate the spirit And the way that you've handled stuff um, has been a blessing and helped me tremendously and personally. So I, I want to tell you publicly, I love you, appreciate you guys. You have had a big impact in my life and uh, been my pastor for the uh, past 20 years, uh, probably a little longer. And, uh, and I appreciate you guys. And so this video that we have is testimonies. Uh, let me say this, I, I had to edit them. There's no way we could have given you the full footage. There, there's just not. I did make a DVD and I will give that to you of all the footage and you, you will have that. You will be able to go back and watch it. Uh, but I, I, try, I did not cut any people out. I left all the people that sent videos in, we left them all in. I just tried to chop them down so that they were a little shorter and it's still a little bit long, but I believe it is. it will encourage and bless every person who watches. These are our testimonies uh, of, of lives that Pastor and Mrs. Jacobs um, has impacted, and many of them are in ministry, 
And I was thinking there today, I was thinking, man, what an impact they have made, not just on these people, but these people who are now in ministry and impacting further lives because of what you guys have done. And so we're going to go ahead and with that video presentation, if we get those lights, I appreciate it, fellas.